It's late 1940s. You're on a flight to visit your family on the East Coast. As you soar across the New Mexico landscape, the plane rocks hard to the side. Captain speaking, we are experiencing some turbulence. You swear you saw something flash past your window, but it was too fast to tell it existed in the blink of an eye. The plane steadies itself, and the stewardesses seem a bit shaken, but nothing else is said about the flight from the crew. That is until a memo is sent to J. Edgar Hoover, informing him of the unidentified aircraft that buzzed the aircraft at the speed of 2,700 miles an hour. The memo stresses that not only is this event an unidentified aircraft, these events have been happening every day that month. Bears, something on the wing. Isn't that spooky? It's every day. <laughs> it's regular. It's on the reg. Sorry, I'm terrible doing the intro. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm sorry, I tried. <laughs> All right, Aaron. I was like, Aaron, hey, dude, why don't you, why don't you let me take a crack at one of the fun narrative intros you had? And then <laughs> the story I picked for today's paranoia shop is not boring, but straightforward government details. You picked a government document. I wrote a story like, around wow, the government document. Scary. No, I listen. All right, we'll jump. We'll jump in it. Welcome to Paranoia Shop. Welcome to Paranoia Shop. Your one-stop source for all things spooky. Is that our tagline is? Your one-stop shop for all things conspiracy, paranormal, and weird. Where we'll probably make fun of them all. <laughs> I am Aaron Waltke. I'm Chad Quant, and we're joined by a very special guest. Very special guest. Founder of Crab Cat Industries, a star of Heroes of Cosplay on Sci-Fi Channel, an all-around creature creator and great person. And enemy of the Reapers. Enemy <laughs> of Reapers everywhere. Commander Holly Conrad. Hey, guys. Welcome. So, Holly, we brought, well, we've been wanting to get you on the show for a while, but we brought you on, especially for this show, because today, and if it's not kind of obvious from my terrible intro, aliens, unidentified spooky things in the sky. Are they among us? Have they been among us? I'm doing the hands, if you can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> doing like, mystical hands. Please just imagine yeah, Holly's yeah. wiggling fingers. Like aliens' hands, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I know I have a unholy amount of knowledge about UFOs and aliens, and I've been researching them ever since I was a kid, pretty much. So. Sure. A lot of people have very strong feelings one way or the other about aliens. You know, we can get into this in later episodes, but there are some topics that are obviously tied to deeply held, like, spiritual beliefs, like, you know, ghosts, like... Like, that means there's an afterlife. But with aliens, there's a very strong scientific community that also believes in aliens. Just from a sheer statistical standpoint, the likelihood of us being the only life in the universe is really small. Like, it's kind of arrogant to think that we're the only ones. Out of all the conspiracy theories, it's probably the one that's most likely besides Skunk Ape. Chemtrails? Besides chemtrails. Chemtrails are totally real. I that's saw them in my sprinkler. There was rainbow there's water. rainbow water. <laughs> oh my god. What are they putting in the water? Well, let me, can I, can I explain why I picked what I did? If it's your first time listening to the show, we like to try to bring different stuff that we've all researched. Holly's just lived it. Holly's <laughs> just lived, lived the life. I have, I have the stories. She, was, she traversed the universe with her alien pals. Aaron and, and I are not profound lucky enough to know that. To know that alien touch, to have someone bring us up to their spaceship and touch our butthole. But 
Uh, in, a, in not a non-sexual way. Yeah. So we oh, all, yeah. And not, always well, sexual with aliens. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, what if an alien just brought you up in their spaceship and they're like, I just want to check your prostate. It's just like, just wanted to like. <laughs> you have, you might want to get those polyps checked out. And it's a Thank really you. good program. Thank you. Thank you, alien. <laughs> you were like Have a my spleen. <laughs> I wanted to try to find, uh, the most clear evidence from the government that they acknowledged aliens. But, or unidentified flying objects. Unidentified flying objects. Yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of goes hand in hand. More likely they're going to be UFOs because very rarely is there a government memo that says, yeah, I was just at a Hardee's and an alien just walked in <laughs> and then we hung out for a while. So it's usually more of like we're acknowledging he, something strange in the air. He was eating his Starburger and he <laughs> let us take <laughs> tissue samples to confirm that it's not made with dioxyribonucleic acid. Well, the one, one of the ones I, I picked, there's this, a nice list of uh, acknowledged government documents about UFOs or aliens. Uh, the one I was basing that really good short story guys off of was from a 1949 FBI memo sent to the desk of FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover that was about, uh, the memo was actually called Protection of Vital Installations. So the entire document is less about, hey, UFOs are real, and more about, like, UFOs are real, we need to cover our important assets like nukes and those locations. Yeah. Uh, and you, like UFOs, not aliens. They're UFOs. Like, we don't know if there's aliens in them. Yeah, I guess it could, I, be, yeah, it it could, could be, be robots. Yeah. I saw someone claim that aliens are actually just time travelers. Oh, I yeah. Think, I think I've we've touched that. on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can't assume that all UFOs are aliens. I guess it could just True. be random objects in the time stream lost and shot through, like, like time bullets. Yeah. Oh, God, aliens Interdimensional beings. Yeah. Guys, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know. Like, <laughs> what if... What this is like my new sci-fi series plot idea. What if UFOs are just time bullets that another racist racer shooting? No, 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 no. Nothing about this. So like, much like the intro to Power Rangers Time Force, where they (laughs) where a giant mecha zord punches the zord through a time portal and goes flying back to Earth. What if this is like like fuck Earth? We're gonna take it out. So they're firing time bullets. Like through a portal and they're missing Earth. Like every UFO is like a time bullet that would shatter us, like our planet, if it hit. We just keep missing a little bit. Luckily, they're just really bad aim. Yeah, they're just giant metal bullets. They're just calculating in metrics and really it's inches. (laughs) But there also happens to be aliens inside the the time bullets piloting. Yeah, yeah, but they're just, they're not, they can't control anything. They're just sitting in there. (laughs) They're just like, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, that's just my like fan fiction Doctor Who episode I'm going to write after this. Uh, One of the key statements of that 1949 FBI memo was this key statement. Army intelligence has recently said that the matter of identified aircraft or identified aerial phenomenon, otherwise known as flying discs, flying saucers, and balls of fire, is considered top secret by intelligence officers of both the Army and the Air Force. Is this like a year and a half? Like, this is early UFO stuff. So this was what, 1949? 1949 sent to the FBI director. When was Roswell? Same year? I think it's in that year and a half after Roswell. Yeah, in that same ballpark time. So it's kind of cool on no matter that like the government's just kind of going there's something weird that's strange we should we should talk about whatever these things are and we know that we're all calling them ufos we know we're calling them like flying saucers Mm -hmm. they didn't even try to cover it up by like just saying aerial aerial ships yeah if the government is acknowledging that flying saucers exist and we should do something about them how does that jive with another conspiracy theory that i love which i think is called project blue book Oh yeah, no, that's a real thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's a legit thing that the government put out. And I've heard different theories on that 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 was actually a cover up 
for what was actually going on to oh. make people not look at like the actual evidence and just be like, oh, this is actually like mm-hmm. there. We're investigating it, but really. So Project Blue Book was a smokescreen. Yeah, you're I've heard I've heard that before. Interesting. Too. What's interesting about the government stuff is back in the 40s and 50s when this first started, the government actually did come out with more official statements, you know, saying like, we've seen these, like, we don't know what it is. There were actually like articles like talking about it. And then the cover up, I'm using in quotes, didn't really start until the 80s. So it didn't really start like becoming like the government just being silent. So they did talk about it like in the past, but then in the 80s, they just stopped talking at all. Yeah, they were and they so, were freaky enough that they were like, we don't yeah. we don't know. We should talk. I mean, guys, obviously, these memos yeah. come out later in the future, but the idea that they were just like, I don't, we, I don't know. Do you know what that thing was? We didn't. Yeah. we didn't I, know what that thing was. I think like in the '80s, they started like you know after the '40s, and then they yeah. started knowing what either they had a ship or they either like had contact with them. Fi- who knows? And they then finally they figured out how to turn it off and turn it back on. So that yeah, exactly. Like an Independence Day, yeah. like Jeff Goldblum shot <laughs> shot the can off of it and it was fine. I think the most telling part of this, and I guess they would probably. I think no matter what, if there were a threat or not, the government would be talking about these unidentified objects no matter what. Mm-hmm. In this memo, they're bringing it up because they reference a specific incident where a commercial airline jet, the story I was telling, saw an object that almost collided with them. They basically had to like, get out of the way and almost oh, ran wow. into another in air. It was and there a was, jet fighter? It was a commercial airline commercial jet. Airline. Yeah, so just people on a plane. Just, just going to see your family. <laughs> they almost collided with an object that they estimated was going 2,700 miles per hour, which I don't know how they got that number. I don't know if that's just like one of the stewards. Radar. Like, it was seemed radar. like 2,700 miles. I mean, I also like to think that they didn't get it from radar. They just like had someone on the plane just <laughs> so, guess. So question, how do they know that it was like an alien object and not just a really fast goose? <laughs> just the fastest goose? The fastest goose alive. You're giving, you're giving Pixar a new movie idea. This is a new sequel to Turbo. Uh, oh, no. Turbo 2, goose down. <laughs> the other part to mention of this memo specifically was that these were all in the airspace of their nukes, basically. These were all in New Mexico. We're in sensitive airspace, unknown objects in the vicinity of the Atomic Energy Commission's installation in New Mexico. So essentially, like, this is where we're testing all of our nuclear weapons or nukes and stuff. The memo states that these had occurred throughout December 1948 on the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 11th, 13th, 14th, 20th, and 28th. So just like every just day. Every day, just new. A new weird thing was just flying by. by. So I guess you could argue that if you were cynical, you could be like, oh, well, once people started talking about it, they might start spotting more things. That's a pretty high frequency of UFO sightings in a sensitive area, like... Like they were just buzzing it constantly. I've actually like read a lot and actually heard a lot about uh, UFOs showing up around nukes, around any kind of nuclear in- like installment all around the world. Like during launches and during mm-hmm. like there's I've heard stories from different people that were like there, you know, like in different documentaries I've watched. I can't remember their names. So I've watched way too many, which <laughs> says a lot about my life. But <laughs> that's how you became an expert. You made, yeah, you made yeah. the transition. Yeah, from exactly. Casual observer to I just have the knowledge in me. Now. <laughs> well, it fits the idea idea that if I was an advanced alien race and I was just keeping tabs on on Earth, right? You would be scared about the fact that we're developing nuclear technology. Oh, That'd be yeah. the next step. We're like, we should just that maybe... That was the plot of the day the Earth stood still, wasn't it? Like, Gort comes down. <laughs> Is that the counter re- mo- remake movie? Well, it was remade. Right, that, right. But, but it, both of them have that plot where the aliens come down. They're like, Gort just shuts down all technology. And most of the film is just like this weird kind of uh, Homeland-esque interrogation scene with the alien. And then finally, he's like... As the alien's dying or he's getting shot or something, he's like, oh, yeah, we came to tell you that uh, you need to be careful with nuclear weapons, but since you killed me, 
uh, we're just going to take away all your technology forever. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, it's the idea that is that there's an alien force either like, I always like the idea there's like a galactic police, like kind of just keeping tabs on everything. That's more cool than just like, like one the, the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, kind of yeah. like the Green, Green Lantern Corps just sweeping in just making sure you guys don't like, kill each other. It's kind not to get too political, but like when a new superpower or trying to be a superpower like North Korea or something tries to make a nuke or builds nuclear technology, we all just freak out. I was kind of yeah. like, and so we just, I guarantee you we're sending secret spy drones over their area and making sure they don't have a nuke. Well, that's how Starfleet works in Star Trek. They're, they're, like, they're decommissioning except, nukes? Well, no. that's how they, <laughs> they, Rather than setting up a nuclear weapon, whenever someone develops warp drive, that's yeah. when suddenly they're like, oh, we have to deal with them now. They can break the prime directive yeah. once someone invents warp drive because they're smart enough to talk to them, I guess. <laughs> Unless they're huge dickwads. Yeah, like and then they, just, then, they just, <laughs> then they just totally destroy them. Yeah, it's like that. That's how it is. Okay, that's, we just explained <laughs> to you world politics. <laughs> and, and, and universal And politics. how the UN works. The, U, the UN is Starfleet? The UN is Starfleet. Except they, yeah, because they're not supposed to kill, right? The UN can't kill. They can accidentally kill. They can accidentally if kill. If you're a unquote. jerk, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like... So you know. if we could get phaser technology, we should just give the UN phasers and more uniforms. And, they'll be, <laughs> and, they'll be, and we'll be in the Star Trek universe. We'll be in the Star Trek exactly. universe. Yeah. There are plenty of good examples of high-ranking military officials, former astronauts, like all kind of saying either in their prime or now when they're older and possibly more senile, like, yeah, this was a problem. Like, there's another one called the 1947 Twinning Memo, where a man named General Nathan Twinning, who was head of the U.S. Air Material Command, wrote a letter to the Air Force General George Schuling, and just basically like, yeah, those, those things are real weird. We should, what, those those are not normal. The way they move, like, <laughs> that's uh, real weird, you goddamn <laughs> Yeah, he, he said it could be a phenomenon like his meteors, but he also said, quote, the responding operating characteristics such as extreme rates of climb, maneuverability, particularly in the roll, and action, which must be considered evasive when sighted, lend belief to the possibility that some of the objects are controlled either manually, automatically, or remotely. So he's basically saying, like, something out there is beyond our technology. Mm-hmm. What's going on? That's that's kind of gives you chills, right? Like, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Even the, the governor of Arizona admitted to the uh, the Phoenix Lights. When he, when those first came out, he was like, "We, you know, ha ha!" Like they made a big joke. They brought like a guy in an alien suit into the into their like town meeting. <laughs> Wait, and who yeah, were the Phoenix lights. The, the Phoenix lights were one of the biggest mass sightings of a UFO ever recorded, and it happened in Phoenix, Arizona. the The whole city saw a triangle shaped oh, lights yeah, UFO, yeah. and the the governor. They actually had to have like an official meeting with the governor, and the governor, but <laughs> literally brought out a dude in an alien suit. Don't get him too close to me, please. <laughs> In the alien costume, the governor's chief of staff was like, you guys take this too seriously. And everyone was like, what the hell? That's totally the way to blow it off. Yeah, he blew it off. You guys are idiots. As soon as he was out of of office, he admitted to like not knowing what it was. There's foot. You can look it up on YouTube. If he had been here 10 years ago and standing out here and looking up there at the the lights and the view, um, you would have been astounded. You would have been amazed. Governor Symington is referring to what is now known as the Phoenix Lights, an object videotaped by many and seen by thousands over several nights in the Arizona sky in 1997. He was like, I don't know what it was when he admits it. And And I suspect that uh, unless uh, uh, the Defense Department proves us otherwise, that it was probably uh, some form of an alien spacecraft. Yeah, and it was massive. More, more government officials yeah. should do that for like when they need to blow off a controversy. Yeah, just bring of, someone like, out a costume. Just bring someone like, out. 
a, we, a goofy dime store yeah. rental costume. Like if we're accusing, like let's say we're accusing like Obama of unwarranted drone strikes in a region. He just comes out for his like press conference and just starts throwing like and then paper like, planes across the conference rooms. Like, and then there's a guy in like a, 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 a drone are, outfit like bzz, bzz, yeah, yeah. with drone. You guys think these are drones or about? Uh, pretty funny. And then everyone just funny. laughs for about five minutes. Like, and then one guy in the back is like, what about the question? And they, you well, can, that's it. You uh, can hear when the governor brings out the like costumes at you, like three people are like, ha ha, and everyone else is like, excuse uh, me? Just mocking them. You, you have to watch it. It's offensive. <laughs> Speaking of unidentified lights, I feel like now is as good a time as any to discuss sort of the granddaddy of them all, which is Area 51. Sure. Because obviously... The video game. Yes. The fantastic video game shooter, <laughs> arcade cabinet. Don't shoot, don't, shoot, don't shoot the topless stars, people who are fighting with you, though. You lose a life. You lose a life and you don't get whatever power-up they're going to toss yeah, you. Yeah, totally. Welcome to the Area 51 <laughs> cabinet video game podcast. Uh, Area 51, the legend, obviously, is that... Aliens crash land in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. The U.S. government, fresh off of World War II, has no idea what to do with it, so they just ship it off to the nearest military base, which happens to be in Groom Lake, Nevada, which later becomes known as Area 51, never officially acknowledged by the government. In the 30 or 40 years hence, strange sightings of lights and bizarre things in the sky nearby have been sighted and reported and built this huge, massive sort of conspiracy around all the things that's going on there. Only recently has it started to come out that they're really was stuff going on in Area 51, but it wasn't necessarily alien contact, but it was a hub of flight technology that they were doing, like drones. Yeah, we're, where are about. we going to have, like, we're going to have a space where we're keeping all of our, like, coolest shit somewhere. Like, right. when we're trying to build the, the hoverboard and weaponize it, that's they probably have a hoverboard that. at they probably do. Area 51 right <laughs> they now. They probably have nothing to have like a cool like ten by ten metal platform where they have like a magnet yeah. board and you can just ride it around. And on Fridays everyone takes a half day and just rides the magnet board. Like at Area 51. <laughs> but it's on record, like these these have been declassified that drone technology that we have today that's like, wow, what an amazing plane that flies itself and can stay up for hours at a time. That was developed in Area 51 in like 1971. Oh yeah. And it's only gradually gotten to the point where people can talk about it. And acknowledge it, like, wow, this came out of nowhere. Like, nope, we've had it for 40 yeah, and, years. Or not even like drones and the types of like the plane models. If the fact that Amazon is working on hovering remote controlled drones that'll <laughs> drop you yeah. off your pizza or shoes that you bought, that was I just guarantee the government has like a bigger, better version of that with guns on it. The government's tried to just like make a <laughs> put guns on them. A floating like gun platform that can just fly I, into a territory. I'm sure that exists. I think I've seen that actually. I saw a video footage of a guy who had like a platform that would just like rise up and there's just like a rifleman on it. <laughs> <laughs> so just like a That's sniper insane. tower? Yeah. It was just like a floating sniper tower, basically. It's, it's crazy because my uh, grandpa, it was actually my step-grandpa, but I call him my pappy. <laughs> he uh, he worked for uh, Skunk Works. The Skunk Works, where we tested our aircraft, commonly known as Area 51. Which is the people that made oh, yeah. the uh, For the Lockheed stealth. Martin. For, right? Yeah, he worked for Lockheed Martin, and uh, he, flew, he worked at Area 51. He flew out work there and according to him he's told me it's just like any other military base and i'm like uh-huh uh -huh. all right sure okay. and he's going to you as he says it <laughs> no i mean i i, I mean they're probably doing like you said flight technology i mean it's just like a military base so right. like and now it's been out like russians have posted pictures of it like everyone knows it's there the flights that leave for a 51 leave from the las vegas airport who knows who knows i guess the guy who ran lockheed martin was giving a lecture at ucla mm -hmm. and he was talking about the technology that they had as Lockheed Martin. 
The guy during the lecture said to this whole lecture room, we now have the means to take E.T. home. To what? this whole, yeah. Wow. He said it on record <laughs> to a whole lecture room full of people at UCLA. So we ha- he's basically like, oh yeah, we have an iron Yeah, engine. and so like some people like walked up to him like, excuse me? Like, I, I don't, I'm not sure what that means. And he was like, we have the technology, like we figured it out. And that's we, like, we could do and it. That's he didn't like, say like, do you meant like we have no, a work we have No, we have like he said this, technology. like he said this to a room full of people. And it's wow. like, what does that even mean? Like, oh, do we have, like, a drone's going to take like, E.T. Like, did we home? invent it like, or he's like, we've captured it? Did he mean like a euphemism of like, I we think, can now fuck E.T.? Like, I don't that know. Kind of, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of scary. It's like, it, what it did is, he mean by that? Like, it's It's really crazy. But Skunk Works, you know, obviously the original Skunk Works was Lockheed Martin at Area 51. Can we talk about why is it called Skunk Works? Why yeah, is it I like- actually know the answer to this. It okay. was because uh, in the old comic strip Little Abner, <laughs> on the outside okay. outskirts of the town that Little Abner lived in, there was like an old bottle factory called Skunk Works. And so in the 50s, the people who were, had to come up with a name for this warehouse where they could do whatever they want, unfettered by government regulation, just for the sheer purpose of advancing technology, they were like, wouldn't it be funny if we called it Skunk Works? That's crazy. And then apparently... Just a fan of Little Abner. And then apparently the creator of Lil Abner found out about this and politely asked them not to use the word <laughs> skunk works and so they changed to skunk works. Crazy. Metallica yeah. not wanting their music to be used for my, torture. Oh my god. Lil Abner not wanting <laughs> Lil Abner no, not I'm, wanting to be associated with UFO technology. UFO you know. Yeah. Pretty much the exact same thing. The huge. My pappy has a little little skunk. Yeah, from that's when he the logo. In, yeah, he has a little. Well, he has like a little. They have a little stuffed skunk. He has yeah. it like on on his desk. That's I, awesome. Yeah. The least futuristic animal you'd think I know, of, I know. like just to, to be a symbol <laughs> of progress and t- advancement in technology. So you were talking to your grandpa, but he would say like, "Oh, you know, we just did stuff there," but he would never get into any specifics. <laughs> no, no, he's 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 a lovely ter- person and very tight-lipped. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that? There are people who are going into the ast- like the NASA and just like aerospace and that sort of thing, where they're they're going in skeptical and then they're convinced that aliens exist. Or do you think that if you're into the idea of space and life out there, that propels you into that career as well? Because there's a long list of of astronauts and former workers, like I was saying, that all kind of have like quotes attributed to them of, yeah, that's probably a thing. They're probably out there. There's like things yeah. we've seen that we don't I, know about. I don't think it's an outrageous statement to say that there's. it's entirely likely there's life elsewhere in the universe, possibly in our own solar system. Not on Mars, because that's probably a dead planet. No, but the yeah. fact that there are astronauts who like have like, yeah, I think I saw something one time. Or like, there's, yeah. there's weird stuff out in space. <laughs> and then everyone, the, the problem is a lot of their quotes is when they're 90 and everyone just kind of talks up to being And they're like, senile. oh yeah, well, there was this one time that I had like nitrous bubbles in my brain while I was uh, being exposed <laughs> to radiation. Yeah. Oh God. Flying. And I'm pretty <laughs> and, sure I saw a spaceship. I'm pretty sure I saw a spaceship. I was like, why couldn't you have said that when you were 45? <laughs> Get out there then. There's a lot of stories of aliens coming around in the last 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, whatever. But I found a story that would suggest that aliens have maybe been here much longer than any of us thought. I think I know where you're oh, going with this. Ancient alien theorist. We are going to go into ancient <laughs> aliens. But this is a specific instance of an artifact that's been circling our planet for the past 13,000 years called the Black Knight Satellite. Mm-hmm. Stories say that up there in the blackness right now, just outside of the Earth's glow, uh, it tumbles slowly and deliberately through the darkness, sweeping smoothly along its unrelenting orbit. The Earth spins below, largely unaware of its unauthorized parasitic visitor. <laughs> it is the Black Knight Satellite. Did you mis- write this? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a mysterious object circling the Earth of unknown and possibly alien origin 
The story says it's up there right now and has been for 13,000 years. Wait, wait, it's a story or is there proof of it? Because I've seen a photo of the Black Knight. Is it a mock-up? I'll show you a photo right now. We're going to tweet this out as well. But this is the Black Knight satellite. This oh, was that's taken, not okay. This was taken by the Endeavor. <laughs> NASA has claimed that it's just a bit of space debris. Of oh, course. sure. Oh, yeah. but it looks so ominous. It looks like something from a Transformers 4 where, like, yeah. a Decepticon lord is just slumbering in there it above. Definitely looks and like when Megatron so activates it, it comes out and it's Omnicron. Like, Onicron. Sorry. Yeah, that's- it's- that I, don't, I, don't, I do not like things no, like that. It, it makes me like very uncomfortable. Like so many stories of weird phenomena, the Black Knight satellite legend started with Nikola Tesla. God damn it, Tesla. <laughs> it said that he picked up a repeating radio signal in 1899 that he believed was coming from space and said so publicly at a conference. Uh, in the 1920s, amateur ham radio operators were able to receive this same signal. Next, scientists in Oslo, Norway were experimenting with shortwave transmissions in 1928 when they began picking up long-delay echoes, or LDEs, a not-fully-understood phenomenon in which they received echoes several times after the submission coming from space. Okay. The apparent explanation finally came in 1954 when newspapers, including the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and the San Francisco Examiner, reported an announcement from the U.S. Air Force that two satellites were found to be orbiting Earth at a time when no nation yet had the ability to launch them. Wait, what, besides the Black Knight, what's the other one? There's two of them. I don't know. This is just part of the lore. There might be a White Knight somewhere. So basically, before we even had Sputnik, they were receiving signals from Earth, and they were like, did somebody else launch these? Where'd these come from? I'm trying to think of, like, I guess it would be other debris, but orbiting our planet, but usually you need something else to be broken up, like, in orbit to have debris just floating, right? It's not crashing into us. Yeah, there's a ton of space junk circling our planet right now. Yeah, yeah, because because of, of all the shit launches and, yeah. But... In 1954, we hadn't sent anything up yet, and we were already getting signals from a satellite, apparently. By 1960, a radar screen designed by the U.S. Navy to detect enemy spy satellites had picked something up. It was described as a dark, tumbling object. It wasn't ours, and it wasn't the Soviets either. Orbiting about 79 degrees off from the equator, not the 90 degrees of a proper polar orbit, so it was like z- kind of like zigzagging at a weird. It was evading. It was angle. evading our senses, is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. It was, yeah, it was like trying to dodge. In 1963, speaking of astronaut sightings, uh, astronaut Gordon Cooper reported seeing a greenish UFO during his 15th orbit aboard Mercury 9. Uh, right around where the trajectory of the Black Knight would be. An official explanation given later was that Cooper's electronics malfunctioned and he breathed in too much CO2, which gave him hallucinations. Of course, of course. But Black Knight's reality seemed to be undeniable. And then in 1973, Scottish researcher Duncan Lunan, who went back to the Norwegian scientist LDE data and analyzed it, he discovered that it was a star chart pointing the way to Epsilon Butis, a double star in the constellation of Butis. Wait, I'm sorry, what is a star chart? It's... Uh, exactly what it sounds like a map to the stars no 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 no, no. the satellite is a star chart he decoded the signals that were scientists no. in the 20s <laughs> and it was a star chart pointing to epsilon butis what did he run it through his like his his speakers and it just came back and just <laughs> had speakers. he analyzed it with his technology okay yeah i'm sure it sounds great I- whatever black knight was it appeared to be transmitting an invitation from the people of epsilon butis an invitation that was 12,600 years old according to lunin's analysis what's going on now what's What's happening with it now? <laughs> the final piece of proof came in 1998 when the Space Shuttle Endeavor made its first flight to the International Space Station on flight STS-88. Astronauts aboard the Endeavor took many photographs of a strange object, which were widely available to the public on the NASA website. But soon the photographs all disappeared. 
They reappeared sometime later with new URLs and with various descriptions discrediting them as debris and space junk. And they just photoshopped the Black Knight satellite into like (laughs) a hot dog or something. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly fake. The photographs were of high quality and unmistakably showed some kind of of craft. What? So it's just up there now? Yeah. It's still Still there. there. Even more mysterious, no one anywhere seems to know where the name Black Knight came from. We just began calling it that, as if it was as called that all along. As if the aliens wanted us to always call it that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that's something we could send someone up there to check. Like, we could go to that. But the, the people who would do that don't want to talk about it. Yeah, they probably have. They like, have. If they have, like, they And they're not part of the Black Knight What are they going to do? They're going to go up there and be like, yep, this is a creepy alien probe. I, yeah. We probably shouldn't tell everyone about it, because that's really, really <laughs> it, scary. It felt very Arthur C. Clarke to me. Very, like, yeah. 2001 obelisky. Oh, I hate that stuff. That's, like, an actual irrational fear that I have. Yeah, like, that, I grew up having an irrational aliens. fear of monolithic aliens that make loud, low pitched noises. It's the truth. As the soundtrack that goes, (laughs) Is it visible from Earth? Like, can I get a super high-powered satellite somehow and see it? Uh, My guess is no. If it's as small as it is, I I don't think you can see, like, space shuttles from Earth, so you probably wouldn't be able to see the the black obelisk. Plus, it's black against black. It'd be kind of hard. God damn. They're so smart. Those aliens are goddamn so smart. smart. They knew we wouldn't be able to see it. They're like, well, let's make it black so that no one can see it. <laughs> That's their big stealth technology. Yeah. Just, yeah, <laughs> we'll so paint it black. <laughs> UFOs aren't invisible. They're just painted with the sky <laughs> underneath it. I mean, this is obviously reaching. It does look like it also could just be a spaceship. Like, the way it just... It just like when you look at um like stealth bombers and how it's just kind of angular and kind of a plane shape, which is like points. The black knight yeah. kind of looks like that. Or like, yeah, I can see that being like an engine in the back. And so it's, it, I just find it really interesting that it's supposedly been around for thirteen thousand years. You know, well before we had the means to even identify any of these radio signals. I, I want to know more about how this guy translated the signal. It's sending a signal. It's sending a signal from Epsilon Butis. The sheer yeah. fact that it's sending, it's, the it's sending means a signal means it's a star chart about Epsilon. All right, so Buddhist even if you us. couldn't, even if you couldn't decipher it, because I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical of this guy just knowing how to just decipher a signal. Yeah, knowing whatever the codec, like whatever that is, I don't know how the signals work. So like, do you just run it through like Winamp and it yeah. comes back as a signal? It's, it's like how Apex Twin. It's like how Apex Twin <laughs> in, in his songs like puts his face in there. It's like that. Okay. But he puts a star chart to Epsilon. The Buddhist. fact that even if we couldn't decipher it, that there's an object sending a signal. Like if it was just a rock, yeah, it would not be sending a signal. Rocks don't rocks don't do that. No, they don't. I know what rocks do, but black knights do. Wouldn't what? wouldn't like SETI pick it up? Like wouldn't SETI be like SETI must be in on it. Like they, <laughs> I mean, because they got the wow signal. Like SETI's like I know. gotten a signal before. They're like getting a signal and they're like, this is a satellite. This I feel is like a the rock. wow. I feel like the wow signal is just a bone that that <laughs> the, the shadow government threw. <laughs> like like give them something. All right, give him the wow signal. How big is the Black Knight in sp- size? Did you already say that? I mean, just trying to get a ballpark it's, of like kind of how hard. many ancient aliens are asleep in there waiting to kill <laughs> it's us. It's kind of hard to tell. It's between the size of like a person and a space shuttle. Oh. Uh... <laughs> there are a lot of theories, obviously, as to what it is. One of my favorite ones is 13,000 years ago, what was the most prominent civilization? Jesus civilization. Probably probably <laughs> Egypt. Right? Yeah, that's what I meant. But then like a few thousand years after that, probably the Mayans, right? There's a theory that the Black Knight satellite is in fact not of extraterrestrial origin, 
but instead is a rocket ship that was built by the Mayans. No, that's even more ridiculous. <laughs> Just hang it with me here. It's called the Pakal spacecraft, and it, it's illustrated actually on the sarcophagus of King Pakal, a Mayan king. What the shape of the Black Knight? The, is? Him riding the spaceship. Atmosphere. That is a stretch. That is a that's <laughs> a stretch. There it is. There's a picture of the sarcophagus there. What? Where's the ship? That's just a dragon well, if, thing. If I could turn it sideways, if it'll let me. No, no, but I see it. But like, see, yeah, that's like also got a monkey face on it. It's also got a <laughs> that's monkey King face. Pacal. It's gonna no down there. It's, it's that's adorable. The that's that's a Paul Frank monkey, and then that's <laughs> and that's just a dragon firing it off. Listen, special. He's scopes. also super reclined. Like he's like just chilling. Hey, right. He's like he's going to space. He's like, not going to space. Mainstream scholars believe that the depiction of King Pakal is on a journey to the underworld, but ancient astronaut theorists believe the king is portrayed as the, at the seat of controls of a spacecraft and have dubbed him the Palinque astronaut. He's manipulating some controls. He has some type of breathing apparatus no, on no, an get, telescope get in front out of his here. Face. You see his upper hand, he's manipulating controls, his lower hand, he's turning something on. The heel of his left foot is some kind of pedal, and outside of the capsule you can see a linking flame. This is incredible. This is absolute proof of extraterrestrials. Yeah, look at that photo. Flame. It looks like he's just partying. Looks like he's front he's hanging out with a with a dragon on a lazy boy as fireworks go off. I guess that might be the satellite he's I was skeptical of it until I read he's sitting on the world tree, right? Mayan, of course the world tree, yeah. Mayan yeah. scholars would say the world tree, it's extended into the heavens with its branches, and its roots are in the underworld, so it's a symbol of the bridge between the underworld, heaven, and earth. Guys, so he's riding it into the heavens. Guys, what a space I get that. Is the underworld. Yeah. I get that. I yeah. like it. I like, I get that. I can, I, I can see that. And just to tie it in a little more with the Black Knight satellite, here's a, an awesome diagram I found of the Pekal spacecraft similarity. Oh, sh- stop. To, oh, yeah. <laughs> so how would, they, how would they have gotten the Black Knight Black into Knight. space? Like a giant slingshot? Like the Flintstones? I love the little doll of the guy going like let's ride this baby hi my name is joey hi my name is kyle i'm kim i'm brian we are all on a show called loljk you can listen to us over at www.godmakespoop.com at the home feed for explosive magico i don't really know what we do and i don't think we do most times either when we start recording but come join us it's a lot Fun! Live recorded chaos. Yeah, if you like listening to people talk over each other, drinking beer, and yelling at each other, I suppose you'll have a good time with us. We have all of the above. All right, so uh, how was Tesla connected to this? It was... He, he was the first one to report hearing it in 1899. That's... How did he even... Disca- like, what was he doing? Probably. Why is Tesla... Tesla's an alien, right? <laughs> like, that's totally, totally an alien. Well, no, seriously, if you start thinking about that, like, it makes perfect sense, right? He's like might have been like a rogue alien that just like infiltrated oh, our yeah. society yeah. And, <laughs> and had was slowly trying to bring about like really cool technology into our lives he was and in we just, love with pigeons like he was in love like aliens would love pigeons he said he loved a pigeon as he loved a woman <laughs> <laughs> no joke that quote I, I mean i want to mention, I wanna mention this because there was one small uh mention of it i'm sure i'm sure it was mostly just because of the way of naming conventions but one thing i found online was tesla was also connected to aliens in that uh after his death the FBI came in and confiscated everything, right? They just took all of his shit. Yeah. Probably just like, we'll make this into our own Edison. technology, give it to Edison. The, <laughs> the like, agency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, agency, the FBI agency that came in and took everything was called, apparently, the U.S. Office of Alien Property. What? Is that where the death ray came from? Maybe. The Tesla's death ray? Like, so, I'm sure alien does also mean just strange and unknown, but 
what if it was like we gotta lock this down he was an alien was this before or after he was flung into the future and became the head of that secret research project (laughs) in the 50s the one that's in jersey yeah 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 the one with the jersey like they made the jersey devil and tesla is also a head researcher yeah if you think more about it tesla as an alien is great if you were an alien you were like wanted to go rogue and introduce like new ideas to people you wouldn't come in and just go Bam! Hoverboard instantly. I just keep reference hoverboard. You would you have to wean people into yeah. it so they don't kill you. So it's sort of like a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, where a guy gets <laughs> sent back in time and then has to deal with all these like medieval assholes, and he's like, "This sucks. I'm going to start inventing electricity and cars and steam engines." So it's like that, except an alien is stuck on Earth, and Earth sucks. So he has to, he's decided, "I'm going to I'm going to gentrify this place." I think we reference a Connecticut kid in King Arthur's Court every episode. I think we like keep going back. We really like it's that idea. At least twice. I read part of Tesla's uh, autobiography, the one that he wrote himself, and he just uh-huh. like talks about how he like blacked out all the time. Wow. He would just like get overwhelmed, black out. Like, <laughs> and then he would wake up and there's just all these I guess the invention. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't get that far because it was hard to read because it was, you know, from... He's not a writer. Yeah, he wasn't a writer. <laughs> there is one more spooky explanation for the Black Knight. Okay. The Endeavor that took the photographs. Apparently during one of the a- astronauts' Evas, which is, you know, them in their little sh- space walker suit. Oh, Eva. Uh, one of their spacewalks, a thermal blanket was lost and drifted away. Silver no! on one side and black on the other. <laughs> so it might just be a blanket. It's a security blanket. It might just be a Wait, I'm sorry. Is that a normal practice to go take your space blanket out for <laughs> walks? Yeah, it's an emergency. Like, no, that. Wait. It fell in the airlock or something. <laughs> like, that's that's like, I don't want to go out there. It's going to be cold. <laughs> I, like, I want to like, have a blanket. Like, when I'm going out to move when my. When you're going out into the depths of space, be sure to bring your blanket. Yeah, that's like if you're just doing a quick scare, like, I go move my car because it's 8 a.m. and it's cold. I don't want to put on real clothes. I just put a blanket over you me your, and walk put out. Put on your, your astronaut slanket. Yeah, I. Whatever astronaut that is, if that was ever a real thing. It's a space snuggie. Regardless of the Black Knight, that astronaut should be made fun of for being like, I just want to, I'm just going to bring my slippers on and (laughs) walk, when I go space walk across the ship. (laughs) He doesn't bother putting his whole suit on, throws a little thermal blanket on. By the way, our wussy voice is always a Jewish lady. (laughs) Jewish grandma. I don't know. (laughs) I don't feel like it. Oh, man. So that's the Black Knight. Black Knight's terrifying. Terrifying, but awesome. NASA, they'd probably prioritize going to check out that weird, like, just do a drive-by of the weird floating black thing in space. (laughs) Someone's like, when when that was super popular, to send your iPhone into space. It just went too far and just, like, shot into the atmosphere. Wait, wait, wait. People were sending their iPhones into space? Yeah, there was this, like, the whole thing where people were, like, shooting their iPhones into space and recording them in space. Yeah, they balloons. The oh, oh, I thought you meant like they were like, I'm done with this iPhone, no, and they just, just fired like, it off and they were done with it. <laughs> like like Hunter S. Thompson yeah, type shit. Yeah. Like, I'm going out with a bang. <laughs> They're like, goodbye, iPhone 3. <laughs> and there's nowhere to get No one will take it, so you just fire it on a ship. <laughs> Into the sun. Into the sun. <laughs> no one's getting my contacts. <laughs> Holly, what, what do you got? Like, do you have some like personal oh, yeah. stories? Yeah, I've got some growing up alien stories that are pretty good. Ooh, please, pretty please. Personal account. Pretty spooky. You don't have to do a spooky voice if you don't want to. Oh, okay. But you can't. <laughs> you should. You should like totally you're encouraged. try. Well, I preface this with like, who knows? People that told me these stories could be crazy, but I grew up with them, so there's no reason for them to lie to me. So, okay. So my mom used to tell me the story when I was a kid. When she was growing up, she used to get nosebleeds, like constant nosebleeds all the time. And uh, when she was a kid, she had a reoccurring dream. So she would have a dream like literally like every night. It was a reoccurring dream where she was asleep in bed and a voice in her head was telling her, there was a, there was a bright light coming through a window and mm-hmm. a voice in her head was telling her that everything was gonna be okay. 
your mom just broke her arm. And she looked outside the window and like the trees were moving and her mom was walking into a bright light on the ground. Whoa. And, and she had this dream reoccurring until she hit puberty and she had nosebleeds all the time. And then her nosebleeds and the dream like immediately stopped. So she stopped having the dream. She stopped having nosebleeds. So she basically had a vision of almost like your mother, her mother her being, being abducted. abducded. Yeah. To me, I'd never heard that like trope before the nosebleeds and all yeah. that. But um, then my grandma, who, you know, they, they, she had said when this dream, like, oh, don't worry, she just has a broken arm. Well, my grandma, after she died of lung cancer, and then they did like the like scan of their body or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she had like an anomalous thing on like in on her arm, what? in her arm. It wasn't cancer. It was like something was in her arm. Isn't that messed up? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. And what's also crazy is she is the, the wife of my step, she was the wife of my step grandpa who, uh -huh. who, you know, worked for Skunk Works. Yeah. And he, they had, 51. yeah, and he told me a story, and this was from both of them, that when they used to live in the mountains, prime butt-probing alien yes. places right there. <laughs> yes. That is it. And so they were living in Lake Arrowhead. Her and my pappy that worked for Skunk Works. And um, they were just sitting in their living room one day, just like watching TV. And suddenly um, all the power went out in their house, just like done. And behind them was a big window, like facing like the open forest. And the whole back of them lit up. Just like what? there was something like exponentially bright was behind them, moved past their window, totally silent, just bright light. And this is out, not a street, like. Right, there's no lights there's out there. There's nothing out there, moved past their window, uh, disappeared, and then all their power came back on. Wow. Just like that. That's terrifying. That's the stuff that, that terrified me as a kid. Oh, yeah. It's so iconic to have, like, the farm being invaded yeah. by aliens because you're just out there isolated, so... Unless they're allergic to water, and then that's super stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Those signs are super scary, though. It's so you, stupid, Well, God yeah. told him they're allergic to water. No, swing away. The water, the water plot is incredibly dumb. Let's go to a planet that's entirely Tyler covered seventy percent of water. I mean, and I guess if they really want to heart, when they did say the plot of the movie is like they were like harvesting humans, like they were abducting them and dragging them away. So yeah, like, but humans are eighty percent water. Yeah, you couldn't do anything with them. You wouldn't even be able to <laughs> touch. Them. That would be Maybe like every wanna... time humans try to eat like a, a poisonous porcupine fish, except every single human. Yeah, you could like, poison like, We would have been like sushi to them, like like delicate. Like, Maybe we were delicate sushi in the yeah. They're like universe. they're going like we, they're like they were basically doing the aliens and signs. We're basically like uh, they're doing puffer fish. No, yeah, end. like uh, well, deep deadliest catch crab fishermen. They were just going to like where they knew it was bad. Oh my god, I love that. Idea. But they were trying to like they knew there was like they knew it was very de deadly and dangerous. But oh, if you get some like ripe humans, oh man, I, I have mm. severely underestimated the film signs. Yeah, now. yeah. If you think I, about it. it, seeing it from that perspective, it makes a lot more yeah, sense. It does. They were thrill seekers. Yeah, and they're trying of to catch course. them alive so they can keep them fresh when they bring them back. And then they're like, there's a sushi market on their alien planet. That's why they went wow. after Tom Cruise. Let's get a feisty one. The story could my mom could have just been a crazy kid, like who knows? But it's still it's still a fascinating. But, I mean, there's enough alien abduction stories yeah. like that out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. That it's hard and to discredit. But I didn't the, know that. Like I was I was reading and like look, doing some other research, and I found people's accounts that were exactly the same as hers. Like yeah. exactly where they had the nosebleeds, they had the dream, and like that freaked me out because it was she wouldn't have found those. Like she doesn't look. Yeah, the, the strongest the strongest example of any alien encounter is when someone who had no chance to ever know about what aliens might be like or what they might look like has a similar experience, right? Yeah. Like at this point, if I were to have, if I were even to hallucinate an alien encounter or thought I had one, and I go, yeah, they're like giant-headed you know, creatures or whatever, I've seen 
I've seen so many movies. I've seen Mars Attacks where like those media would all influence my hallucination sure. or whatever I thought I saw. To the point where like what you really want is you want to go to like undiscovered civilizations. Like try like tribal try, culture. Try people and be like, have you ever seen a weird thing in space? And if they draw the thing that looks like what we always saw too, that's what backs it up all. They, yeah. Well, here's an interesting theory that I heard once that that made some sense to me. I'm not 100% of it, but one suggestion by a brain theorist was that aliens, the classic gray alien, is the perfect predator to us, to like our lizard brains, like, you know, big eyes and like a large overwhelming Thing. But there's no intimidating body frame. They're always like little wafy stick. Men. But it's the face. The face mm. is what we latch onto it as like you know the big eyes to zero in on us. Like a hawk is gonna come eat us when we're little chimpanzees out on the plane. The idea is that maybe when we have an alien encounter, it might actually be our brain like having some misfire and having this predatory hallucination. Yeah. What do you, what do you guys think about like alien physiology of what it actually would be? I always because obviously there's good. There are other. We're all agreed. There's life out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. The odds are just too overwhelmingly crazy that I feel we're like not. I, I honestly think the first aliens we encounter are going to be so crazy that yeah. people would just be d- our, like vomiting our idea of disgusted vomiting. no no our idea of aliens being humanoid is mostly because sci-fi shows didn't have the budget to yeah make, they like, had just crazy. put rubber on people there was going to be a human with like what if we put some like horns on the side of him or he has like ridges on Let's his just head ridges on his like, nose. Yeah. so they're always humanoid alien. But other races, like, we're not the most perfectly evolved physical form ever. Like, we work okay. We're <laughs> but not, there's a lot of stuff like, that our, shouldn't be there. Like, we think about it, like, our sex organs are not protected at all. Actually, I take that back. Like, women, women's sex organs are a little bit more okay. Like, yeah, but, but ours are all, like, messed up, so. Yeah, and they're all just, like, just out there. Like, we, our main defense was that our human bodies grew hair to keep them, like, protected from, like, <laughs> Slightly. predators. Slightly. That's, like, what body hair was for. Like, yeah. an evolutionary thing to keep them warm and also just, like, in case a, a boar is attacking you and, like, and the has a gobble on your neck. The hair oh might God. protect you a little bit. Like <laughs> Ew, God pubes. <laughs> <laughs> we're, oh, gross. we're not we're not perfectly evolved, so theoretically any and also like we're built around certain needs like oxygen. I honestly think the first alien race we encounter, they're gonna be completely asymmetrical. They'll probably be phasing in and out of our dimension. Oh, God. Like you won't even be able to see them. Their greeting will be to kill us and eat our brains. See, and that's that's the problem hi. with all of our all like, of our reach outs. So crazy. When we, when we talked about this before, like Holly, you talked about after we had on the show we had on the show, we talked about the like the message we sent out to alien races in previous episodes. Like yes. like yeah. we're all assuming that they're functioning even on the same like sense amount of senses that we have. Like sound to them. They could be like they could be like bats where like they're missing just a blind bats where they're missing a sense. Like they could be like sound is they've never encountered sound. I know that sounds I, I crazy, like, right? But like so our message comes in and it's just like the screeching it's horrifying just thing. It's like a disease. Yeah. Who's killing sending yeah, this plague on our people? That was totally an episode of Stargate. But, was it really? Oh, was it yeah, really? like the sound was like hurt. It, it was it was stupid. Oh. But like <laughs> Well, I think, we I think I'm glad I could write Stargate yeah. episodes. Yeah, I love I love Stargate. But anyway, I think like that they'll be synthetic. Like whatever whatever mm. race has advanced. I mean, not that I'm like, you know, preaching the reapers here or something, but like any any race that is advanced enough to get space travel is going to have to have synthetic yeah, you know, singularity type stuff. Like mm-hmm. their minds are going to be uploaded into bioorganic machines yeah. and they're going to be so advanced that they will be synthetic. And I I, I, I totally believe that. All that's you can what, hope uh, is that. That's what physicist uh, Michio Kaku actually yeah. just had an AMA on Reddit. And that was one thing that he said that more likely than not, the first aliens we're going to see are just going to be like robot probes. Yeah. And they, and oh man, probes. If you look up probes, they're called like, they're UFOs. They're a kind of UFO called probes. Yeah. Scary shit 
ever. Really? Just so the idea scary. that like, UFO objects just, that like, seem they like they're searching no, for there us? There is like, look it up. They will like appear over towns and not move for like days. They will just, just sit there. They will just sit there. And no one's taking pot shots with a rifle at them? No, I'm sure they are. But they're just like round, like square. They're like square. They're just like no features. Just like scary ass. How many encounters like this are there? Are there a bunch of them? Yeah, there's lots of hovering. I mean, there's there was the one I dug up, which was unfortunately found out apparently was fake. They're like it was a Jerusalem light in like 2011 that had like six or seven different video cameras of a giant white light like floating down over the city what? of Jerusalem and different cameras shooting it. Uh, I guess people are now saying that it was proven fake at some point, like someone was just a really good editor and shot stuff, but it's pretty unsettling footage to see like multiple perspectives at the same of time the same of this light ball. Yeah, like, yeah, this giant light just descending and hovering over the city for a little bit of time. That's so scary. Encou- like, aliens are going to encounter us first before we encounter them, I think, right? Like, that's going to be right. Well, they well, have. They have. Most well, likely. Most likely they well, have. One of my favorite theories is that, you know, sentient humans in the grand geologic timescale have not been around for very long. We've been around, like, as we are today for about 200,000 years. Uh, and the Earth is, what, 5.6 billion years old? The universe is 13, Something like that. 13 billion years old. So there's a much more likely chance that aliens did come and they saw there's just like a bunch of dumb dinosaurs walking yeah. around. And they're like, all right. Let's, and how let's get adorable! Out of here. How adorable is this podcast to like the one guy assigned to monitoring like Earth activity, <laughs> like, <laughs> the Los Angeles region is like, oh, those guys—they're trying. They're trying that's, hard. That's what kind of blows my mind. Is like, I mean, you think about dinosaurs, and you think about aliens, and parallel of. I, I totally believe in parallel evolution, which is like somehow other places things evolve. Yeah. Fairly similar, but like Under even the weird shit that we have on this planet and have had, mm-hmm. there's probably a planet out there with just like monsters just like just straight, straight up, up monsters. just Cronenbergian yeah. horrors well the biggest problem is going to happen is if we're definitely going to have like a weird like probe encounter or like a message will be sent whenever we actually make contact whenever like we as a civilization make contact with a civilization race but the problem is the first time one of the aliens like lands if you have the most like iconic idea of the ship lands on, on like, the, the White Wash- House lawn on the White House lawn <laughs> and like we're ready for them to come out it's going to come out and look like the alien from Independence Day just like the most like <laughs> scary thing in the world even if it means peace like it's just going to have like tentacles and like beady eyes and just be the most this giant bulk because that's how it evolved Nine. Yeah, and just, like, and we're just gonna take gross. pot shots out of the meat like one scene of service and be like, oh fuck no! We're just gonna <laughs> take a shot. It just says hi by shooting out spines. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> like just, yeah, it imitates and just accidentally stabs someone. Like we're kill gonna, it, we're kill going it. to kill it immediately and start a war with another race. Is this glass bulletproof? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't didn't Hawking say recently that he now believes we should not. Be yeah, trying like, to contact yeah, because like, don't send signals. Yeah, don't send signals because if anyone's like, it's a matter of resources. The amount of resources it would take in the, in the universe, the universe to try to get over to us. If anyone's coming to us, it's not to, like for a peace, like to send a message. It's, it's, it's to, to come for harvest war, us. to conquer. Yeah. yeah, like no one's gonna spend. Think about how much energy we don't have the technology, but how much energy we'd have to expend to make it to another civilization if we knew one existed. Yeah, just like the 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 resources of like yeah, we'll build like way stations like every thousand years maintaining and like, those we'll slowly make those and then we'll get to it of lives. we would not do that until we're like the planet earth is doomed we need to get we so, need like, to conquer another place we need to get, get somewhere there. yeah so the, we're, the more we send out messages is like when you're just driving through a bad neighborhood and you're this is the, this is the metaphor when you're like lost in downtown LA on skid row <laughs> and you're lost and you're just like 
Hello, is anyone out there? And you're just like flashing all of your lights. Like, can anyone give me directions? I'm always out of gas. And then there's like, there's no one there who wants to reach out. And it's like, hi, neighbor, welcome to LA. The only person who want to talk to you is like, give me your fucking car. Give me your car. Give me <laughs> your money. Your goddamn car. <laughs> I might stab you in a place that's not vital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of like, course, there's no police around. Why we would should, there be? we should because bunker the Green down. Or doesn't exist. Yet. We should no. bunker down until we have like disintegration rays to defend ourselves, and then start like sending out messages. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think they're watching the nukes? Because they want to make sure we. We can't defeat them. Kind of getting back to like uh, aliens visiting at times that we weren't necessarily around. Obviously, the ancient astronaut hypothesis, which we touched on a little bit earlier before, is that humans are either descendants of or creations of extraterrestrial beings who landed on Earth thousands of years ago. Love this theory. Love this theory. Hit us. And it could be like a mother culture, which is explored in that awful Indiana Jones movie that I will not speak its name, Crystal Skull. <laughs> There's the idea that pyramids and Stonehenge are too complicated, and they have really elaborate stars alignments that ancient cultures would not have been able to do without the help of starfaring uh, alien creatures. There's also like the uh. fact that our DNA, this, I don't know this this backed up, I, I keep seeing people mention that our DNA has like 20 unknown oh, yeah, chromosomes or something yeah. and like they're not found in any other animal on earth, like mm -hmm. we probably got fucked by an alien aliens. at some point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It is kind of discrediting our own ancestors. Like, ah, oh, they were too stupid to figure out what <laughs> stars are. Uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta help. But there was one theory that I read that I wanted to talk about briefly that I, I was like, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. It was proposed by uh, Thomas Gold, who was a professor of astronomy. Uh, in 1960, he suggested a garbage theory for the origin of life. It, proposing that life on Earth might have spread from a pile of waste products accidentally dumped on Earth long ago. Wait, by wait, we're trash? We're, tr we're, we're like, alien trash. And then like, we evolved from that. That'd be great. <laughs> I love thing. that idea. Like someone just carrying it out to their garbage and they just missed like a bag. Yeah, and they just... He's like, oh, I could take it to the recycling, or I could just toss it on that planet over there. It's like garbage from when Mars was, like, habited. Yeah. Like, and they were, like, <laughs> way more advanced civilizations. Or alien poop, basically. Like, oh, Stonehenge couldn't have been built by us. Yes, it could have. I don't get the Stonehenge We've done one. it. No, like... We've done it with cars. Like, the guy <laughs> did it with cars. Yeah, like, like, so even everyone's like, oh, how could they gotten the stones on top of each other? You build a bunch of stones... And you get to the top of those, you put the stones on, and then you move the other stones away. Like it's just like very simple. Like I think we were yeah. smart enough to understand how stairs work. Like, <laughs> and we could move those things. I don't think aliens are also going to spend their time like coming down to Earth and hovering some rocks for us. They're yeah, just like, I like, think you can handle that maybe, on your own. Maybe they're the equivalent of like the misunderstood art student. Yeah, the aliens. <laughs> yeah. Like they're just like, I just want to go to this planet and make some. They're just stuff. taking like, a semester like, away. And yeah. just, yeah. That's, that's their study abroad circles, program. The crop circles are just like, I really feel this expresses me. <laughs> and, and it's ephemeral because it's going to blow away in the wind, just like all of us. Uh, <laughs> I had one last little bit that I wanted to talk about. Going along with evidence of aliens in the ancient past, what if the aliens did come well before humans were here, but they didn't like what they saw, so they decided to change it way back then? <laughs> oh, others said they just fucking laughed. They were like, and, and where I'm going with this is, did ancient aliens exterminate the dinosaurs? Yes. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. There is a massive, massive, which I had no idea about, theory that the K2 ah! event, the, <laughs> the asteroid hitting Earth, wasn't an asteroid. It was UFOs flying in and nuclear That's bombing so sweet. all dinosaurs. Yeah. But dinosaurs are so much cooler than us. Yeah, but I they're know. like, what are they going to do with dinosaurs? Just, let me just share with you the opening paragraph to this website. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Proponents of ancient aliens have made many claims in recent years, and one of them is that extraterrestrials exterminated the dinosaurs so advanced mammals such as humans could dominate the planet. Is this theory true? Oh, that's so cool. Please keep reading and let's explore this intriguing possibility. <laughs> <laughs> that was the top. All right. I saw that paragraph at the top of the website, and I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> let's follow the idea that Earth is still being seen as a potential target for like aliens to conquer later or when it's ready, right? Yeah. If you're scouting on Earth, you're like, you're just doing the whole like eons and eons long waiting for it to be the right planet to go into. Are you bothered by dinosaurs enough where you're like, these are going to be like too tough to conquer? Like, dinosaurs are super tough. Like, yeah. You th- like, they could bite us. That, like, that is kind of weird. The aliens to- would come, they'd see these giant thunder lizards walking around, and they're like, you know what? Actually, I'd rather this hypothetical placental mammal that's living in this <laughs> or, yeah, in or this you just tree do, bark. You just would, I think he should run the planet. Do a reset on the planet and say, we'll come back in a couple, like, million years yeah. or whatever you say we'll come back and like we'll see if they're still tough like we'll we'll find back whatever so, evolved so there's actually some evidence that people have put forth that oh, supports this so l- listen to some of this it, it, it's compelling the evidence provided by these et enthusiasts is that many dinosaur fossils contain the element iridium which is true which has been found in abundance in the strata created at the time of the KT extinction. The KT boundary is the geological strata sure. that is on the entire Earth. If you dig down deep enough, you get to the, exactly 65 million years ago, there's this centimeter-wide clay that is filled with like this highly radioactive substance. And it's super delicious, too. It's like chocolate ice cream <laughs> It is. Super good. And that's left from when the meteor hit Earth and then spread it across and just peppered it with this radioactive iridium. Many dinosaur bones are, are coated in this iridium stuff right around that time. Bear in mind, nuclear bombs contain iridium-192. They also say many dinosaur fossils are radioactive, which is also true. In fact, dinosaur fossils are often covered with lead paint to protect people from radiation when they harvest them in the field. Many fossils, particularly ones in North America, have been found in or near uranium deposits. Many scientists think that at least some of this radioactivity could have come from a gamma ray burst or a GRB. For that matter, couldn't a GRB have wiped out the dinosaurs? And couldn't these aliens have initiated such a burst? Who's to say? Okay, I love the idea that that aliens said, like, this planet's not good, let's hit a reset button and we'll come back, right? Like, you'd probably be doing that. You'd probably have, like... uh, that's kind of what Prometheus was like, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess we, who Ish. knows what the hell he was planning with that yeah. plot. But like the idea, like aliens were just going like priming planets to be ready long time ago, right? Yeah. Like long, much more in the future. Yeah. Go, like these dinosaurs either are going to get too evolved, which is totally the plot of Super Mario Brothers, the movie. The oh dinosaurs, my God, yes. the yes. dinosaurs that kept evolving, they would have been like super deadly and yeah. smart and, and intelligent as us, but there'd been terrible thunder lizards. Yeah. So like we need to not have this happen. So they just set the reset button. Like we'll swing back around and like. Yeah, I don't know. At some point, we'll come back and see if they're still doing see okay. They're, they're doing like, who thing. knows what they would have like dinosaurs would have evolved into? I mean, God, they've been like, so cool. I mean, the, they, they may not have been intelligent. No, I don't think that they like. Maybe the aliens were like, these things are just going to get stupider and meaner, so <laughs> yeah. we're just going to try and fix it. Let's just let's have this little rat thing take over. Yeah. And that's another thing to think about does. for like another alien race that might be out there. They might not be intelligent. They might just be like you say, monsters invisible. They might just be carnivorous beast planet where it's just. It could be just like the most savage things in the world just hunting each other and everything's evolved to just be if one of them was on Earth, it would just kill all of us. But the point about the idea that if aliens did reset, that either means they're coming back to say hi, say, well, like say hi or like do the reset button again. (laughs) Or if they've like dinosaurs weren't good enough, like what makes us good enough to not get the astronaut wipe out again? 
That's true. We have to prove ourselves to <laughs> our to our alien benefactors. Maybe they're just raising us as labor. Just eventually, they might be. they're going to come in and just sweep us all up and put us in alien. If labor they are, camps. we should re- they should really stop us because in our current evolution state, we're just going to be like jelly sacks. So, <laughs> so maybe there is a humanoid dinosaur race against Super Mario Brothers the movie that the aliens came and were like, we don't like you guys, just bomb them, not really thinking about the mammals that yeah. might survive. So maybe there was already an alien invasion, and they did, they took everything they wanted and left, and then we're the, we're the leftovers. Maybe, yeah. It is weird when I think about it that we've had one big asteroid that wiped out life. Like we haven't had another one. Uh, we've had a few major extinction events. But There's when you say we're due that, for yeah. another one, it's kind of crazy, right? That we haven't had another one since, like. We're, there's always the news, like for every couple of months, like meteorite just swinging by, misses by a mile. Yeah. Or there, there's one coming, but it burned up in the atmosphere that night. Like, cool. <laughs> I feel like most that's social awesome. policy is like, eh, we're all gonna be doomed anyway, but not in my lifetime. And that's that's well, how it seems like we're just lives. due for any day, and a meteorite could just be coming our way. And like, yeah. Well, that's all I had. That's all I got. That sounds like some bus stop ranting to me. That <laughs> sounded like a bus stop rant. I would love that. I, I think all that, I'm fine with ending on that note. I think we talked a lot of, of great alien stuff. Yeah, yeah. Holly, you probably have more stories, but we can always save it for another time if you want to come back, unless you had some other one you want to really drop. Oh, no, I'm, no, I'm good. I've, I've had a blast. Good uh, alien stories from all of us. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode, episode 999 of Paranoia Shop <laughs> with very special guest, Holly Conn. Oh, I thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. It was awesome. You I hope I hope I wasn't too like ranting at the bus stop for everyone. No, you're great. <laughs> That's <laughs> what this show is. <laughs> the <bus> <laughs> this whole show is the bus stop plan of the soul. How, like, where can they find you? If someone, where can we find? Someone you? doesn't know where you're at on the internet. Which yeah, is plug, probably unlikely because your you're bigger than any of us. <laughs> Stop so. it. I am at Holly Conrad on Twitter and at CrabCatIndustries.com for CrabCat and YouTube.com slash Commander Holly for my vlogs where I talk about things that are just super random and cool. people listen to it. <laughs> and but, also you have other things on yes, the horizon. Yeah, there will Very be, exciting that we'll talk other... about. Find them on her blog coming soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can find me at, at GoodAaron or you can find us at Paranoia Shop. S-H-O-P-P-E. You can also email us at paranoiashop at gmail.com. Oh. Also be sure to check out all the other Explosive Magico podcasts. And uh, uh, thanks so much for everyone who's been t- tweeting at the show. We had a lot of cool feedback on everyone uh, at Paranoia Shop, Almighty Corks, El Rebel Day, Junk Fed, Prince Mono, like so many awesome people Anthony tweeting at us Root. with your suggestions for episodes. We'd love to cover all of them. We have a lot, bunch of cool ideas for future episodes. But anyway, you can also follow me on at Quantum Theory. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. We could go out on another little bus stop rant if we want. Yeah, do you got one? Okay. I do. I got a bus stop rant cool. locked and loaded in the queue. A closing statement, a warning to all Earthlings. Care of a website that claims to be an imaginary ninth dimensional architectural space throughout individual members' offices. Wait, what? I don't know, man. That's just, that's what it said. (laughs) The Dogon people tried to warn us. We ignored them. The Roswell incident should have alerted us. We laughed. The invasion of the body snatchers we mistook for entertainment, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) The facts so far. The planet Sirius has an evil twin. Creatures from that planet have lived among us for 50 years. Those aliens have probed, experimented, kidnapped, and cloned humans. They have the ability to assume the outer appearance of matter, to take the form of anything they want. They are true chameleons that have infected the highest levels of power in USA, Great Britain, and Australia. Bush, Blair, and Howard are among the millions infected. These creatures we refer to as the Hollow Men. 
Their aim, to replace humans on Earth. Their plan, to begin a third world war so that most humans will wipe themselves out, leaving the planet vacant for their waiting colonists, just like the dinosaurs! The evidence. Many people have risked their life to spread the word, to warn us, but did we listen? No. We scoffed, we ridiculed, we jeered. Many of the people who worked on films like The Invasion of the Body Snatchers are now dead. That's the dinosaurs tried to warn us. That's my favorite part. Many of the people oh who worked God. on films like Invasion of the Body Snatchers are now dead. This person doesn't have <laughs> enough problems in their life. No. Triceratops tried to warn us. <laughs> no, Triceratops. With great risk to our own safety, we have intercepted one of the prayer transmissions. Listen carefully. Don't be alarmed. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm so alarmed. <laughs> I am very alarmed. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> Take me away, alien dino killers. Take me away. Explosive Magico.com.